Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us today. It's Monday, July 10th, 2023. We've got a great week ahead of podcast, and Prophecy Night is back on for Tuesday night after taking a week off for July 4th. But I am so excited about our first guest of guest of the week. He's uh, really a, a hero of mine in the sense that I've followed him for some time now and really respect his work. Leo Homan is going to be uh, joining us here in just a moment. I'll introduce him here uh, shortly, but I just want to mention a couple of... Uh, uh, quick announcements. Uh, we've got, as I mentioned, Prophecy Night tomorrow night. You can join us in person if you're in the Denver metro area at six o'clock at Plum Creek Chapel, uh, or you can always join by live stream. Just go to notbyworks.org and click the live stream button. That's at six o'clock mountain uh, tomorrow night. Uh, tonight, I've got another podcast. We're doing a theological roundtable with a, a group from Grand Forks, North Dakota. Really excited about that. I've been looking over the questions that they sent ahead of time and just some great questions and great discussion. So we'll drop that one later tonight. Uh, it'll be available on our podcast channel tomorrow. I mean, Wednesday is a World Events Update with Randy, our regular weekly uh, time with him. Looking forward to what he has to say. Uh, Thursday, we get Brad Maston back on. We're going to be talking about a kingdom like no other, life in the millennium. And uh, Brad's just the perfect guy, a, a thoroughgoing biblicist to kind of walk us through some of the uh, biblical teaching on what we can expect in the millennium. And then finally, we'll close out the week Friday with my good friend and colleague Shane for a technology update as he updates us on AI and some of the things uh, coming down the pike there. But uh, today... Uh, we're going to be talking with Leo Holm, and Leo is a veteran investigative reporter and author. He spent decades researching and writing about many of the topics that uh, are so near and dear to me over the last uh, 20 years or so as I've gone down the rabbit hole and tried to expose the Luciferian conspiracy. He's uh, uh, His articles have appeared on Front Page Magazine, LifeSite News, Zero Hedge, The Drudge Report, Technocracy.news, Canada Free Press, Global Research, The Gateway Pundit, WorldNet Daily, and many, many other uh, mainstream and alternative uh, websites and publications. He's been on Fox News with, uh, he's been on Laura, Laura Ingram with Fox News. He's been on uh, Daniel with Daniel Horowitz. Larry Elder has interviewed him. Brandon House, uh, he's been on his show. In fact, that's when I first met Leo, and he and I were on Brandon House's show at the same time, uh, and uh, he's been on with Dr. Peter Bregan, another one of my guys that I just love and, and follow, and of course, the holy grail of talk radio. He's been on Coast to Coast with uh, George Norrie and uh, also on Caravan to Midnight with John B. Wells. Uh, love John B. Wells, uh, just a great guy. And uh, Leo's been on Jan Markell, our good friend Jan Markell at Olive Tree Ministries. We've had the privilege of being on that many times, and Leo's a guest on her show uh, as well. You can learn more about Leo Homan at leohoman.com. For those of you that are just being introduced to him, and I, I suspect most of you uh, know Leo's work well, but it's Leo Homan, H O H M A N N, two N's dot com, leohoman.com, or leohoman.substack.com, and you can subscribe to his uh, sub substack there. So again, we're, we're talking about how close are we to the one world system, and there's nobody better to kind of reflect on everything that's coming together geopolitically, militarily, and otherwise, 
uh, than Leo. Before I bring him on, just want to mention that I'm aware, this will save people some emails maybe, I'm aware that Leo and I may not agree uh, precisely on some of the eschatological issues, particularly the timing of the rapture. But you know, from my perspective on the topic at hand, uh, that doesn't really matter because if the Lord tarries is coming, we could very well face some pretty rough times ahead, as I talk about in my Spirit of the Antichrist books. And Leo really has his finger on the pulse of that. So we'll save our theological discussion on the timing of the rapture for another day. But today we want to talk about how close are we? Leo, thank you so much for being on the program today. Really an honor. Uh, just uh, I'm almost giddy with excitement. I'll probably fumble all over myself today, but welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for that uh, wonderful introduction, JB. I feel the same. I, I've been looking forward to this interview uh, since we lined it up. Uh, I've been so busy the last, I don't know, several months that I haven't really added many new podcasters to the, uh, you know, the interview circuit. But uh, this was one that I certainly could not turn down. So thank you for the invitation and good to be here today. Well, the pleasure is all ours for sure. I know our audience will definitely benefit from uh, the things that you have uh, to say. I mentioned that we first met, uh, actually, we didn't interact together on Brandon's show, but uh, I was in the uh, virtual green room while you were on, and then I came on right after you. Uh, but I was first introduced to your work through one of our listeners who, uh, back uh, oh, a year or two ago when I was working on the first book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, he had sent me some info, and that just sort of you know, caused me to do a deep dive into all of your work, and and I think I cite you in the book as well, but uh, really appreciate what you've done. So I want to start with a general question, and then we'll just go wherever the discussion uh, leads us. I, I know you've got some things on your mind that are kind of cutting edge, current current events type things, but how close are we to this one world system? Well, you know, JB, that's uh, always the diff the most difficult question for me. And you asked me that as your first question out of the shoot. So congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, it seems like whenever we try to predict the timing of it, we're wrong, right? Uh, you know, it, it seems like there's always one more thing that, that needs to happen before we get fully into it. But if we just look at what's already happening, okay, uh, with the digital currencies and the digital IDs being pushed. Uh, I personally think the digital IDs will, in terms of what will be mandated at least uh, first, I think we're probably looking at the digital IDs and then they'll wrap the uh, all of the other things into that. Uh, you'll have, you know, the digital healthcare system, the digital money system, the digital internet system where you won't even be able to log on and do a podcast like this until you uh, input your unique biometrical digital ID, proving that it's you who just logged on to whatever device you logged on to. Uh, and the digital transportation system is being set up right under our noses right now. I've actually been researching that, haven't written a lot about it yet, but I've been researching it. And there's a lot going on in that arena to make transportation, road transportation, uh, not let alone air transportation. Air transportation is already being digitized, uh, as I wrote about in one of my articles, when it comes to uh, especially international flights, just about every major airport that I know of is using facial recognition uh, software 
to verify that who you are before you board that flight. And whether you agree to that or not, you can't get on this international flight to Israel or wherever. Um, I've had a couple of friends of mine, a big time uh, people in the conservative movement who you would recognize in an instant if I gave their names, just in the last uh, week flew to Israel and had could not board the flight out of whatever airport they were flying. One was flying out of, I believe, Denver and the other out of uh, either Atlanta or New York, I don't remember. And they they had their faces scanned and they were not allowed on the uh, plane if they did not agree yeah. to it. So all of these different things are gonna be folded into the digital identity. Uh, that is the biggie. Yeah. Uh, and and the next biggest one will be the digital money system, the, the, the central bank digital currencies. When those two things are in place, the, the ID and the currency, I, in my opinion, we have then reached the point of no return. We are going to the beast system. Uh, we're already halfway there uh, or more. But once we get those two things in place, we, it is now, in my opinion, the point of no return. There's no heading back. We're we're into the, the digitization of humanity and this new digital reset. And that, we can talk about more about this, but that is what I believe World War III is going to be fought over. Who gets to control this new digital era that we're entering, this whole new wow. world order? Well, that's fascinating. I do want I want to come back to that, but let me uh let me uh, talk a little bit about the transportation and this digital ID yeah. that you're talking about. So uh first of all, uh I think a lot of people have the mistaken notion that facial ID and biometrics is really uh something that's only in play for like the criminal justice system and Interpol mm -hmm. and things like that. People have no idea that all of our digital biometric data is being stored in these uh, fusion centers and our bit buckets. Mm -hmm. And and that's the reason you see on a lot of these uh, crime television shows and movies where art always imitates life. You know, they, they get a uh, they get a uh, crime that's committed and then they look at all the CCTV cameras and all the other you know cameras that are all over the place in our society. And then they just start running it through facial recognition software. And whether you've ever committed a crime or not, whether you're, quote, in the system or not, they can use it uh, to identify you. And all of it is exactly what you're saying. It's intended to be uh, part of the, the full-scale, uh, full-spectrum global planetary control over humanity, which, of course, the beast, the Antichrist, is going to roll out. We know that. The Bible is pretty clear about that. Uh, but he's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. Uh, he ha he cannot do it, uh, you know, supernaturally. He's got to have help, and this is the technology that he's going to use uh, to do that. As far as the airports, as you mentioned, uh, I've experienced that myself, where they're using the cameras, um, taking your picture. But your picture, uh, and that's the reason they rolled out this new uh, national ID card, uh, the new driver's license, uh, right? Deal because it's all consistent. Uh, and they're all using the same technology, the same software when you go into your DMV to take these pictures, and then it's all uploaded into one system. It's one of the biggest misnomers uh, in terms of nomenclature is a driver's license. It has nothing to do with drivers, right. with driving. You know, it's like when I check into a hotel and they ask for my driver's license, I go, why am I going to be driving the, the hotel van or something? Why do you need my driver's license? Right. But you just can't do anything without it because it's really a national ID card. So, well, uh, I, I think what happened at what's happening at the airports is a perfect example of what you just said. 
uh, Georgia is one of uh, 10 or 12 states to have already introduced a fully digital biometric digital driver's license. They're not calling it a digital ID. They're calling it a digital driver's license. But yet, if you go to the Atlanta airport, there you will see the signs. And I actually took a picture and in, 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 for that article I was telling you about that I posted a week or so ago, showing the signs at the Atlanta airport about digital bag drop. You know, you can you can sail through all the checkpoints, the baggage check, everything just simply by letting them scan your face. But how are they able to do that? It's on your digital driver's license. Yeah. See, so it is through the driver's license. You're right that they're going to uh, uh, install, implement a lot of this stuff. And it will come to a point where you won't be able to get health care. You won't be able to get any um government service whatsoever, any government benefit. Yes, uh, uh, senior citizens, that includes your social security check. Uh, nobody is going to be left behind by this. And the United Nations is really eager to tell us that. When you go on their website and look at the uh, Agenda 2030 goals, they're very happy to tell you that these goals are not for people who volunteer or people who agree with them. These goals are for every human being on the planet. They literally say numerous times, no person will be left behind. Yeah, It's it's yeah. kind of the inversion of the, uh, you know, left behind novels and movies. You know, <laughs> yeah. they they have their own left behind uh, scenario, and yep. it's not going to be friendly to people who hold to a traditional biblical worldview. No, not at all. They're they're definitely targeting us. And uh, so uh, you you mentioned that you think, um, well, first of all, do you think most Christians are prepared for this global digital ID rollout? Oh, absolutely not. Hmm. Uh, And the reason I think that is not just suspicion or inclination. We saw it firsthand during the uh, the vaccine mandates uh, where companies, corporations, uh, the government, if you worked for the government, they were all trying to mandate this experimental injection that they called a vaccine that the uh, CDC had to actually redefine the term vaccine in order to fit this thing in there uh, because it was not just another vaccine. And even if it was, even if it was completely safe and effective, as they told us over and over and over again, it would be, where does the government get or or any corporation get the right to say that you have to get this injection in order to work here or you have to get this injection in order to get an organ transplant? You know, it was uh, it was the most um, it was the most egregious example of state coercion and corporate coercion that we have ever experienced in this country, for sure. And in, I would say the entire free world has never seen anything like that. And 90% of Christians, I I don't know what the, I shouldn't say 90%, but let's just say I don't see a lot of evidence that the uh, percentage of Christians who, who complied with those demands was very much different uh, than the wider yeah. population. Yeah, I think it was, I, I mean, I'm with you. It's, we don't have necessarily a, any way to empirically prove it, but my visceral thought is it's probably 90% easily. Uh, the, the church went right along with it. They shut down their churches. They stopped right. worshiping God on Easter Sunday, and they lined up to take these vaccines. I remember, uh, fortunately, 
you know, God allowed me way in advance of the rollout of the vaccine. Uh, in fact, in early 2020, when the pandemic was just starting to roll out, and I had actually, uh, I had actually written about it before it was even common knowledge in America when it was still over in China. I had just happened to, happened upon a uh, news item and was talking about how they uh, the, the Wuhan lab was a bioweapons lab. But uh, early on in the pandemic, before the vaccine, the, the experimental bioinjections were rolled out, I happened to listen to an interview with Catherine Austin Fitz, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, and she was way on the cutting edge of all of this, talking about whatever you do, don't take this. This is a right. inserting a an operating system into your uh, you know body and so forth. So my wife and I had the uh, benefit of kind of having time ahead of time to think about it, and so we actually created and we all carried them uh, in our wallets we have six kids the adults had their own for the minors and our that are younger kids we had one that we signed it and of course i know this is an audio podcast but we had these little advanced directive i refuse all vaccine cards uh, that we carried on our person at all times in case we were in an accident or in case we uh, became unresponsive and needed to go to the doctor we wanted to make sure they knew don't stick that thing in us and so i bring that up because uh, uh, you know, I think I've made the analogy to these the digital IDs where I think Christians today need to steal themselves and purpose in their mind right now that they're not going to do it. Because if you don't think through the issues and someone shows up at your door, like you just described, Leo, and says, you know, you've got to sign up for this or you can't get your social security check. You've got to sign up for this or you can't see the doctor. You've got to sign up for this or you can't travel more than, you know, five, 10 miles from your house. In that moment, it's going to be harder for you to resist. So I really think, you, you know, Christians need to think through this, but Let's let's walk down that that road. By the way, what you just said, much like your own uh, podcasting ministry, that is the whole purpose for my website, Mm -hmm. leo.homan.com. So nobody is surprised when this stuff comes at you. You can make a decision, but you if you're reading my website, at least you will not have the excuse that you hadn't had the chance to think it through. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know. LeoHolman.com. I encourage folks to go there. I read everything that comes out. I'm on your list, so I get uh, 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 pinged whenever there's a new article posted. And the one you've referenced a couple times already just recently was called Atlanta Airport Goes Full Dystopian. And that was a great mm-hmm. article that's talking about what's happening in the realm of of travel. Uh, but uh, before we get to World War Three and how you think this might tie into that. I think that was fascinating comment. I can't wait for you to expound on that. But let's 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 ask one more question here about Christians and the digital IDs. Um I get this question a lot, you know, what if I am forced to take it? And of course, you know, at this point anyway, they're not going to put a gun to anybody's head. They're going to coerce right. the way they did with the death shots. Um but uh what would you tell a person who you know, who really depends on, say, government uh, subsidies and things like that. Uh, and, you know, and and when they are facing this decision of whether to take the global ID, any advice? Yeah. Detach yourself from that dependence. Mm. Now is the time, for heaven's sakes, to be looking at that. If you work for the government, if you uh uh, work for some corporation that is woke and and you you saw how they acted with 
the pandemic, with the mandating of this, that, and the other, including up to and including injecting a foreign substance into your body. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me even this long after the fact to wrap my mind around that. That is so dystopian. That is so fascist, Nazi-like, that if you work for a company like that, you probably know it because of the way they acted during that pandemic. And so, you know, we're going to have another uh, so-called crises, emergency coming down the pike. It's just a matter of when. It may be another pandemic. It may be, uh, you know, uh, World War III. It may be famine. It may be this, that, or whatever. Uh, digitization, you know, take this digital uh, app on your phone. And after we get it on your phone, by the way, Yuval Harari already told us that once that health passport, digital health um, identity, whatever they want to call it. And by the way, they're calling it different things. On we purpose. already discussed yep. We already discussed the digital driver's license, but it's all the same thing. It's a digital ID. They're just calling it different things to confuse us. And they don't want us to wrap our heads around the bigger picture of what's happening. But uh, if you work for a company or the government that that is woke, you will be forced to take it if you want to keep your job. So now is the time to be looking for another job, looking for another, maybe start a business if you're the type of person who's who would be good at that. Uh, it, number one, you're going to be happier because you're no longer a slave to that corporation or that government employer. Uh, you're going to be happier in the long run. You're going to be more independent and you're going to be able to uh, not be coerced into something you know is wrong biblically. Yeah, doing the right thing is never easy. It takes work. It takes effort. And, and now it's time to, to do it that. Encourage. Yeah. Courage at first, and then a lot of hard work, right? Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, one of the things that bothered me the most in that, you know, totally dystopian, you know, pandemic, was how many Christians, uh, you know, perpetuated the lie and and used scripture or misused scripture to try to do it. Um, I mean, right. they, they, the global elite or the Luciferians that are at the top of the, you know, the pulling the strings, they franchised out tyranny. They didn't have to put guns to people head and troops on the street. They just got the pastors, the store managers, the, yep. the those kind of people to. Isn't, isn't that rules. exactly what Hitler did? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. See something said spy on your neighbor, you know, spy, yes. turn them in. And they, the only yep. difference, the only difference between then and now is that we have such advanced technology that makes it easier. It's, it's a um, lot easier. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's unreal. It's it's and they started laying the foundation for this after 9/11 with the whole see something say something campaign. And right. You got and all kinds of examples of of the problems with that where a guy's, you know, innocently cleaning his shotgun in his garage and all of a sudden a neighbor spies on him, calls the 911 and a SWAT team shows up. Yeah. Nearly scares the guy to death. So yeah, I mean, it's it it really is a dystopian, uh, a dystopian world. So uh, I agree. You know, it's it's not going to be easy, but people need to come what may, not 
take take the not sign up for that digital ID. Now they're gonna they're gonna get the low hanging fruit. You know, I think if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that most people will roll over, uh, and so they're gonna get most people whatever this next crisis is, this next fear that they use, and it's gonna be bigger. So be prepared. Uh, they're gonna get most people to do it, and I don't think they're gonna at least initially worry about guys like you and me that are out there resisting um you know they're going to get 90 percent of the people to just line up and 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 dutifully get on the train metaphorically uh and uh and so uh i think you know people need to you know put systems in place today where they can survive and it, it comes down to food water shelter and personal protection you know in case of the marauding mobs and things like that if you can just you know don't don't worry about what you can't do, do what you can do, focus on, on those four things. Now uh, let's go back to world war three. So your uh, working premise or theory is that perhaps this uh, rollout of the global ID and who gets to control it could be the spark that ignites world war three. Talk about that. I think world war three is being fought over multiple issues. But the, the biggest overarching issue is always going to be economic and who gets to control the economic order, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, number one, is it, that's one thing that's important for people to understand is this war going on in Ukraine is not between Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It is between Russia and its allies and the United States and its allies. And so if you look at those two sides and and they're diametrically opposed, so you have to ask yourself, uh, what's what separates the two? Uh, Russia, China, Iran. Now we see other nations joining like Saudi Arabia, uh, you know. Turkey. So much, much of the Middle East will be joining with the Russia, China side. And then you've got the United States, which basically has Canada, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand, Japan. And so you look at those two sides with the possible exception of Japan. And by the way, they've even indicated they might be interested in joining the BRICS nations. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look what separates them. Um I think it boils. There's a lot of things, but the three, if I had to pick three, I would say it goes in this order. Open borders, the green agenda, and the LGBTQ plus, 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 plus into infinitum, infinitum, that agenda. Uh, These nations in the East do not want open borders. They want to retain their fossil fuels. Russia wants to be able to continue to sell cheap gas. Uh, natural gas and oil. Same with Iran and Saudi Arabia. Uh, they don't want their number one resource to be phased out in some wacky net zero carbon uh, p- plan. And everybody drives around and uh, they don't want to electrify the ro- the roadways like we do here in the U.S. That's the new thing. Look it up. Le- electrify transportation. Ele- get rid of your gas stoves, your wood stoves, your lawnmower. It all has to be electric now, Hmm. even though they know darn well we don't have the capacity on our power grid to uh, make all of these vehicles and gadgets electric. Uh, And so what does that tell you? They either plan for a drastically smaller population 
which they've told us outright is true, or they plan to make 80% of us paupers where we don't we we don't drive we don't drive freely in a gas powered car. We don't have a big enough lawn to care about, you know, an electric lawnmower because we live in a little two by two cubicle in a in an urban setting next to a rail hub. And that and we are 100 percent dependent on that rail hub to to for our freedom. We don't have any freedom of movement. We depend on them for our transportation. This is what it's all about, folks. Yeah, like Uh, the the line in in Saudi Arabia is one of those smart cities. uh, Yes. And I'm uh, not saying Saudi Arabia and Iran wouldn't like to treat their um, their folks this way. and have total tyranny over them. Of course they would, but they want to be able to sell their oil and gas to the West. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if the West is moving away from that, and there's another thing that the world is moving away from, and that is the dollar, Mm -hmm. okay? In August, the BRICS BRICS nations, which is uh, for your audience that doesn't know, probably most of them do, uh, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they want to set up an alternative global system of trade where you don't trade with the dollar, the US dollar, you trade with their currency. And in August, they're gonna announce that they're creating a all new digital currency based on what? Gold, it'll be gold back. So when you go back to that question of there is cultural issues, too, like I said, they don't China, even though it's a a tyrannical communist regime, they don't want to go down this road of, you know, there's 95 genders and people get to pick, you know, which one they have and men can have babies. And no, 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 this is this may be controversial in the United States. It's not controversial in China or Russia. They don't (laughs) they don't debate this. There's two genders, men and women. Yeah. And and so uh, you got these BRICS nations out there and 45 other countries have formally applied to be members. Many more are have expressed interest, but mm-hmm. 45 have already applied officially to join in this new economic world order based on a new digital currency based on that's backed by something which the US dollar's backed by nothing. Theirs will be backed by gold. And so when you look at this new international economic order, it basically depends on two things. Who has the guns and who has the gold? Hmm. And so the only thing left to be settled is who's got the best military, the guns issue, the guns and the ammo. Uh, and we're giving all of ours, we're frittering ours away, giving it to Ukraine. Yeah, and, and, and telling people about it, as Biden did right. over the weekend, he's announcing that we are short right. on ammunition. Right. So, so we are going to have a military conclusion to this largely economic confrontation, and I don't think it's going to go well for the United States and NATO. I really don't. Yeah. Well, and my take is uh, that you know, even though there will be an you know organic. Uh, I mean, there will be a war, a, a powder keg. Something's going to, you know, some unfreezing event is going to launch us into a war. I think that's by design. I think the Luciferians working at the behest of Satan to try to usher in this one world system that he controls. That's been his goal since he got kicked sure. out of heaven. I think they're provocateuring it. I think they're. Oh, absolutely. Know, I mean, it doesn't. I, mean I don't that- think. But the only thing I disagree with some people on some conservatives, I agree 100 percent with what you've said so far. 
But I may disagree with you if on what I'm going to say if you fall into this other camp. And that is that, uh, you know, that Putin, the leader of Russia, is somehow um, in on this whole thing. I really do believe that Russia and China hate the United States. Um, and they're they're learning to hate it even more, I think, every day that goes by. Um, so I don't see them cooperating with the United States. Um, I do believe that it would be possible to avoid World War III if the people financing it and the people behind the scenes, the people who are not holding elected office, uh, in other words, the real powers that be, the Luciferians, as you call them, I agree with you, what you said, they want this war. They want, because why? They, number one, are for depopulation. They've told us that they want 60, 70, 80% fewer people on the world, in the world. And so what better way to do that than to poison us with vaccines, uh, to create famines? We've seen an unprecedented war on food. Uh, you have a great chapter in your book that I learned a lot from on uh, geoengineering, mm -hmm. which is one of the ways that they are declaring a war on food with famine, creating famine. So these Luciferians are creating disease with bio labs in Ukraine, China and elsewhere, disease, famine and war. And through those three mechanisms, they may get their wish of 50, 60, 70 percent or more fewer human beings on the planet. Yeah. And but I don't think, you know, Putin is over there thinking, how can I cooperate with this whole thing? Um, no, absolutely and, and, and not. Just, yeah. and just be a just sort of be an actor and play a role and act like I'm against it. No, no. I think he really is against a lot of this stuff. Um, and uh, and China is more difficult for me to figure out. I, I mean, yeah. So my take is it's not monolithic at all, which is really what you're saying. It's not like yes. these Luciferian leaders at the tip of the spear are just pushing buttons and making people dance. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Putin is free thinking. He He's not uh, in cahoots with the Luciferians. Uh, he is being he is being played by them, I think, and yeah. he's a pawn in this game. But if he had his way, he'd do, you know, he'd do his own thing. China would do their own thing. There are times when China and Russia align and i think that's they're going to align in the coming world war three but i agree there's no, there's no question that uh you know that this is what they're wanting to do now i believe the reason they're fomenting this world war three above all else it is depopulation that's part of it but to me that's more the collateral benefit to me the biggest reason they're wanting to do it is to destroy america because america is still the one nation kind of standing in the way of rolling this out right uh, not not it, not our government Huh. Yeah. Our our government, our federal government, is one hundred percent on board with this. <laughs> yeah, they are. But yeah, the they're people, completely controlled. It's the people of America, you are correct. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to they've got to do something that brings us to our knees and causes yes. us to then say, please, you know, let us sign on with this one world system to save us. It's like Kissinger said years ago. I, I cite this in the book. You know, uh, today citizens of Los Angeles would be outraged if UN troops showed up on the streets, but uh, tomorrow they will be they will welcome them. This is a paraphrase, but he right. said 
that's especially true if there were some threat, uh, real or promulgated, that causes us, you know, to need them. So they're going to create something that that results in the decapitation of America, so that our leaders, as you said, most of whom are already on board with this, are going to say, "Hey, guys, sorry, we got no option. Yep. We're just going to have to sign on. We're going to forego our national sovereignty. We're now part of the new world order." One hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, you know, you talked about depopulation and and the and the you know uh, people not being able to uh, to to go very far from their homes and being locked into these systems right on the railway. You know, Harari recently said, I think it was in an Economist uh, magazine article that he wrote, that the vast majority of people are simply unnecessary. His words, he says, they right. just don't contribute anything. Uh, and then he added a little caveat. He said except, of course, for their data, which is a right. very telling statement. Basically, yes. they view us like lab rats that they can gain data from. But other than that, he says, we don't really contribute anything, so they need to be gotten rid of. They need to be you know, wiped off the earth. You know, uh, Absolutely. He believes human beings do not have a soul, and we do not have a free will. Yeah. He has Upward. said that uh, openly many times. And uh, that the, the problem is not that we have too many people on the planet. It's that we have too many useless people. That's right. Um, and Yeah. I mean, speaking of, just, speaking I, of I, Nazis. Love, I love the guy from that standpoint. He is probably the most honest and open technocratic globalist uh, uh, Luciferian yeah. that, that, that we have uh, right now on the earth. And he also said that uh, COVID uh, was the moment when people accepted surveillance 24-7 over their lives. Yeah. And uh, the only that the next step, he said, now that we know people are fine with being surveilled uh, 24-7, the next step is to put it under the skin. Yes. Uh, to put the yeah. surveillance under the skin. And so that is what we as Christians and believers and followers of Christ need to be expecting and need to be preparing for. And a lot of it will come down to detaching ourselves from dependence on the system. Yeah, I you mentioned cell phones earlier and in the context of the, the uh, vaccine ID and some of those things. Uh, I played a clip at a conference in Orlando that I spoke at here earlier this year from the CEO of Nokia, one of the cell phone makers. It was uh -huh. at a World Economic Forum meeting, and it's a video, and he plainly said, by the year 2030, cell phones will be implanted within our bodies. We won't keep right. them in our hand. So that's that's what they're targeting uh, for sure. It's this full spectrum planetary control. So, but I think you touched on something that very few people are talking about. I talk about it, but very few people do, and that is that you know this is not some type of grand conspiracy in the sense that everything goes as planned there are competing factions you know you right. Russia China the west uh competing ideology competing ideologies and just greed and power hungry so i think that that you're right there's going to be some type of coup some type of something that triggers uh, like one of the things that, and I'd love to get your take on this. One of the things that I've kind of been watching is that it seems like they're doing everything they can to coax NATO into this, uh, uh, you know, quagmire over there in Russia, Ukraine, which is mm -hmm. a proxy war, as you pointed out. Well, if we did have to get involved, then that's going to be a domino effect of, you know, then, you know, Iran's going to get involved, North Korea's going to get involved, all these other, you know, enemy states are going to get involved because they're going to feel compelled to. So, you know, I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust the warmongers that are running our 
you know, the Lindsey Grahams and people like that, oh, that are yeah. in our country, they're just itching for an excuse to blow something up and when which is what the Luciferians want. And when they do, it's Katie bar the door. No telling what where that's going to lead. Do you agree with that? Oh, yes. And every every little provocation that uh, occurs and we've seen a lot of them lately. First, it was the uh, decision to send depleted uranium radiological depleted uranium shells to the Ukraine. These are the armor armor piercing shells they use to fire at tanks and armored vehicles. And every time you fire one of those and it explodes, it uh, there's a radiological dust that uh, expires out of that shell and seeps into the soil mm. and contaminates the soil, which in U Ukraine, that is some of the most fertile soil in the entire world. This mm. is where a lot of the world's uh, best wheat and barley and uh, corn and all this stuff comes from. Uh, and they're going to contaminate it now for decades upon decades to come. That happened a few weeks ago. First, it was the UK, which I believe, by the way, is even more evil than the US government, if that's possible. Um, and uh, and and then um, the next the next biggest thing was just a couple days ago, Biden announced that they're going to be sending cluster bombs. Mm -hmm. uh, to the Ukraine. Now, a few weeks before that, it was, uh, you know, the uh, fighter jets, which to me is not that big of a provocation because the Ukrainians don't know how to fly U.S. fighter jets, and it will take a lot of training to get them to where they need to be. Um, but when you see U.S. pilots going into Ukraine and flying the jets, that's going to be another big one. And yeah. so it's just one escalation after another. And uh, Putin so far has shown himself remarkably constrained. Uh, they talk, I love the way the mainstream corporate uh, fake media in this country loves to portray Putin as a, what? A madman, yeah. a, a Hitler type figure. Uh, yeah. Not at all, no. They don't know what a madman is. There's people in Russia who, if that coup had been successful, that I believe the CIA was aware of, if not if not engaged and actively engaged in trying to uh, promulgate a couple weeks ago, uh, there's people in Russia that if they get the reins of power, they would have already started sending nukes our way. I guarantee it. Putin yeah. is very calculated, very constrained, uh, and he is not the madman that you read about in the U.S., in the New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today, and uh, the, the crazy U.K. media, the Daily Mail. Oh, my gosh. Have you read some of the Daily Mail's coverage of what's going on in Ukraine? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're totally controlled, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And so don't believe anything that comes out of those corporate media uh, lackeys. They are nothing but agents of the deep state, agents of uh, the uh, the globalists. And uh, but but it is if it continues on its current course, what's going to happen? Ukraine is going to run out of men to throw into this this war of attrition, and this is what people don't seem to understand. Uh, Russia has an army of 750,000 men. They've only uh, thrown in about 100,000. Uh, and Ukraine has had, they started with an army of about 400, 450,000, and half of them, more than half of them are now dead yeah. or taken off the battlefield due to catastrophic injury. Yeah, and well, so 
That's the American way, Leo, is to get involved in these uh, unwinnable, endless wars. I mean, we were in right. Afghanistan right. for what, so 20 years. So it's just a matter know? of time. It's yeah. just a matter of time before we burn through the last Ukrainian soldier and we'll have to put our men in there. I think next will be the Polish troops and the Romanians. And, yeah. and then it will be after that, the U.S. will end up there. I'm thinking maybe sometime next year. Uh, we could see missiles, cruise missiles flying into Los Angeles, New York and other coastal cities. I really do. Yeah. Um, that's where it's heading. And then if it goes beyond that, of course, it will be nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to get hot. Uh, we only pray that maybe the Lord comes back before then, but he, it's not, you know, it's not looking good, but uh, there's a lot of evidence that there's already U.S. troops over there, you know, surreptitiously. Sure. Um, Absolutely. But you're talking about openly just saying, right. hey, we've got to be over there. These, we got to help our friends, you know, that kind of thing. It's so right. funny how your enemy becomes your friend and your friend becomes your enemy. You know, we create Al Qaeda and then yep. we blame them on, you know, for, you know, destroying the twin towers and we create all these other, you know, in, in 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 the Arab Spring, we were we was hard to tell who was who who we were for and who we were against. One from day to day, it changed. You know, we arm the enemy, and you know, and then all of a sudden they turn those weapons on us. So it's just it's just more evidence that it's all part of a Luciferian agenda to create chaos. You know, uh, they their their Hegelian dialectic, which is their operating principle, is order out of chaos. They've got to destroy right. so they can build back better. Um, right. But I think you're right about Putin. You know, I, I quoted Sunday in a message that I gave uh, teaching through Nehemiah at Plum Creek Chapel, and I, I quoted uh, uh, one of Shakespeare's lines, uh, "'Tis best to weigh the enemy more mighty than he seems." You know, we often say never underestimate the enemy, but uh, same idea there. Uh, I think uh, there, there, you know, there are some conservative commentators, and I'm talking about not Fox News. I don't even pay attention to them anymore. Yeah. But there's some conservatives like you and I who you know, write articles and have podcasts who, when you listen to them talk about this war, uh, what's going on in Ukraine, it's actually difficult to find many differences between what they're saying and what CNN is saying. Yeah. Uh, it is that off base. It is that wrong, in my opinion, uh, their analysis of this entire thing. Putin is tremendously weakened now, they're saying, because of that joke of a coup attempt that took place a couple of weeks ago. I actually heard one on a very respected podcast that I've been on many times. Uh, come, He's come out with a couple of videos just over the 4th of July week uh, uh, parroting this lie that Putin has been tremendously weakened. The coup uh, has, uh, 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 you know, brought this all to the fore and made it uh, visible just how weak he really is, you know, Nonsense, complete no. and utter nonsense. He's stronger than he's ever been now because he's ferreted this all out. And there's even a one school of thought that it was all staged, that this Pergozin guy never really even intended to try to bring down the Russian government. And so, um, you know, I'm not sure about that. But uh, the fact of the matter is, in order for that to be possible, they needed what? The majority of the uh, military uh, uh, generals to take Prigozhin's side, and they needed the people to take Prigozhin's side. So neither one of those two things happened. All of the, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of videos that were sent through Telegram and all of these uh, social media channels that showed what was going on in Russia during this supposed coup, 
they never showed anything like what was going on in Paris or in the different cities in France. Mm-hmm. We didn't see the uh, the Russian people rising up and, you know, uh, 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 trying to burn the police stations down and burn the police cars down and go after the uh, uh, Putin uh, agents around. the. Putin is very popular in Russia. This is something you'll never know if you read the mainstream corporate media fake news. But he actually has about 75 percent approval ratings. Yes, he's a he's a dictator. But guess what? Russia's always been a nation that wants to be governed by a dictator. Going back to the to to the era of the czars, you know, Uh, Russia doesn't have a history of democracy like we do. That's but we always try to judge other nations based on our own uh, dynamics and what we believe here. Yeah, I think, uh, and I wrote about this during that weekend when the uh, alleged coup was happening, that it was a color coup, another typical CIA operation where they're trying to, uh, I think it was a little more complex than simply overthrowing a government like they've done so many times before. But I think it was a moving pieces around on the chessboard. There's no question that it was staged. We got more social media video out of that little weekend than we've had in Ukraine and over from Ukraine in over a year. I mean, you just can't believe uh, what they're what they're promoting. And by the way, when you mentioned Fox News a moment ago, I think you mispronounced foe. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pronounced faux news. But anyway, um, so, yeah. so yeah, I think uh, I think it's a powder keg. I think uh, this is by design. But one thing that the that, that I always remind people of is that the Luciferians, because it's not monolithic and they don't have, you know, sovereign control over everything, uh, there could be a unexpected thing happen. There could be some rogue element within one of these, you know, uh, sectors that we've talked about, uh, kind of rise up and surprise everybody. And that too could be the spark that ignites something. You know, they, they, they like to fabricate crises, no question about it. It's called the false flag, but they also, when real crises happen, they don't like to let them go to waste as Machiavelli said, and has been repeated many times by, you know, people like Rahm Emanuel and others. So, uh, I think there are a lot of you know precinct reporting, so to speak, here, all leading toward ultimately bringing the United States to its knees. Um, in the time we have left, let's talk a little bit about the financial aspect of it. Um, you know, we I believe they're manipulating all of the commodities markets the same way they you know manipulate uh, the dollar and they manipulate the stock market and things like that. Uh, but there does seem to be, a because gold and silver and other precious metals are a, a tangible you know qua, uh, uh, commodity that there's a limited supply of that God created there does seem to be a push for by nation states to you know stock up on that and you talked about that earlier so how do you believe uh how do you think that the economic collapse could play into uh ushering in this one world system well, I, I think uh, it's definitely going to happen. Um, you know, the U.S. modus operandi for the last uh, 50, 60 years has been to uh, exploit the dollar being the, the world's reserve currency, right? Uh, and what did nations get in return for 
uh, recognizing that dollar as the world's uh, pro- the, the, the dominant means of uh, settling up trade accounts and, and paying for resources, or whether it be oil, gas, or whatever. What did they get in return for that? Well, they bought the U.S. Treasury bonds, right? They helped us finance our military expansion, uh, which is now totally out of control with $33 trillion in debt. There's no way we could ever pay that back. Um, and uh, and they would get, a, so supposedly they would get military protection if their, uh, you know, their country ever came under the attack of one of the opposing countries before the Cold War ended. It was, you know, the Russian block of countries. Uh, we would protect them. Well, a lot of these norms don't apply anymore. People aren't afraid of Russia like they were during the Cold War. Uh, China, maybe they're more afraid of, uh, but even China uh, hasn't really flexed its military muscles. Uh, they built up their military tremendously, don't misunderstand me, but they don't have like 800 military bases around the world like the United States does. Yeah. Um and they're not out there, you know, uh, trying to expand that type of a network. They're more interested in economic conquering of nations yeah. uh, as opposed to military. And so the whole military protection thing isn't what it used to be. Uh, and, and then the economic payback also is now waning. You know, you buy our debt. You you help finance our debt. Well, who wants to be paid their have their debt paid back to them in worthless dollars mm-hmm. um so by a by a greenback that is based on nothing it, it never was based on anything but perception and see this is what's happening that perception of military dominance and economic dominance it's like the emperor has no clothes it's starting yeah. to be exposed as the fraud that it always was yeah and that- uh, and that's why you see more and more nations joining this BRICS. Uh, a block of countries. And uh, the more that happens, I think it's going to speed up after this August launch, uh, this August announcement, at least, of the launch of the BRICS digital currency. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, but don't listen to anything Janet Yellen says. Everything that she says about, oh, the dollar's still going to be strong. Yes, it might, you know, uh, there'll be a gradual she, for the first time, finally, just a couple of weeks ago, admitted that there is such a thing as de-dollarization going on, but she said it's going to be so slow and so that and and not compl- and not total. We'll never lo- lose total dominance, you know, just a little bit of dominance. You know, all she's doing is it, they they start to leak these things out after the horse is out of the barn and a hundred yards down the road, they start to admit, well, he's starting to crack the door open. Well, no, he's a hundred yards down the road. Uh, You know, this is the way the deep state acts, but yeah, people need to be prepared for this. They need to start. uh, If you want to get into that, what, what should they do to prepare? Was that the other part of your question? Yeah, for sure. What should we do? I mean, we've got to steel ourselves against this. And I I think self Preparation Proverbs twenty two three says the the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. So what what should we do? Right, I think the the top priority should be food, water, and means of self protection. The top top priority should be getting out of debt. And if you're dependent on the system, like we talked about earlier in this podcast, think about ways to become less dependent, if not completely independent. 
of this global system, this wicked global system, which includes not just governments, but all of the major corporations. I've yet to find one major corporation, have you, that's not on board, that's not on board with this woke agenda? No, because they're all controlled by five or six, you know, right. top at the right. top level. Yeah. BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, right. And and yeah. they're all tied in with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and Harari and all the characters, the bad apples we've already discussed. So so decouple your 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 dependence on these companies and the government. Number one. Number two, start to build up a supply, a a stock of extra non-perishable food. Uh, and also start to learn how to grow grow your own food. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take a lot of land. You could have a quarter acre lot and and have room to start producing some food on your own. Uh, and then a water. Think about how you can, uh, if you don't have a stream running through your yard and a Berkey filter, you're going to have to think about how to get water because you could be cut off from that someday. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then means means of self-protection. And if you've done all of that, then I say, think about things like precious metals. Uh, silver right now, I think, is a good investment. Uh, they call it the poor man's gold, right? Mm -hmm. For a reason. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. We had Dave McIlvaney on here a couple of weeks ago talking about, about a lot of this stuff. And I want to remind folks that at notbyworks.org, if you click on the resources tab on our main menu, right under that uh, menu there, there is our 12-page free NBW preparedness guide, which goes through uh, tons of uh, scenarios and resources and, and encourages you to think about things you might not have thought about and inexpensive ways to just stockpile certain things that that you'll need. I mean, obviously, if money's no object, you just go online and buy a bunch right. of long-term storable food. But for most people, uh, that's not the case. And so there are simple things you can do, like buying canned goods, like buying uh, five pound bags of beans and rice and uh, those types of things. So, uh, And the uh, canned food is probably the easiest way to yeah. quickly, uh, to quickly, you know, just by buying five, six extra cans every time you go to the grocery store. And also be aware that there's a best buy date, meaning this canned good is best by a certain date. But that doesn't mean, people don't realize this, that the food is contaminated after that date. Uh, you can these can most canned goods, if they're not dented or damaged, will last at least two or three years, maybe even up to five years past that best buy date. So in other words, if the best buy date is uh, two years from now, it's actually going to be good four or five or six years from now. You can still eat it. It might not taste as good, but it's not going to kill you or hurt you. Yeah. And when you're trying to just stay alive, you're not worried about the right. taste. You just want to stay alive. So you need calories. Right. Yeah, you do. Exactly. You need calories. So, uh, well, I can already tell we're going to have to to do this again here uh, because so much is happening and so much that we want to talk about so much that we didn't even uh, get to. I'd love to get your take on some of the dark underworld of, of the satanic ritual abuse and the child sex trafficking. Uh, I'd love to get your take on RFK. Uh, you know, we agree with a lot of what uh, he stands for, particularly on exposing the uh, gene altering bio injections. But you know, then again, his worldview is not exactly where ours is. And so we want to be careful about that. So, um, but let's, uh, let's uh, kind of wrap up uh, with any closing thoughts. And then if you're, if you're uh, agreeable, I'd love to schedule something here in the next week or two uh, to kind of follow up and, and, and touch base again. Does that sound good? It does. Uh, yeah. Uh, if we, if you want to do a once a month type of 
I you know, love that. Oh man, that would, that. Be, that would be such a blessing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'll close this out in a second with just a, a passage of scripture that will hopefully encourage people because we've talked about some pretty discouraging stuff, but any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it this is why, this is why the information we provide is not widely available. It's hard to wrap your head around it. And it takes a little bit of courage to even want to wrap your head around it because it does involve dark, dark themes. Uh, but just keep focused on the good. Keep focused on what is beautiful and of the Lord. In the midst of the darkness, you have the beauty of Jesus and the angels and the entire cohort of heaven that uh, is there for us to protect us going through whatever it is that God would have us to go through. Amen. And uh, let's not forget, he wins in the end. I love Proverbs right. uh, chapter 10, verse beginning in verse 27. Uh, listen to this. This hopefully will encourage you. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. And uh, someday uh, Christ is going to come back. He's going to usher in a long-awaited kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. And uh, But until then, there's some rocky roads ahead, and the Bible tells us that those rocky roads are coming. And so priority number one is to make sure that uh, you know the Lord. And if there's never been a time in your life when you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for your sins, today's the day of salvation. You know, don't wait. We're not promised tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, you know, life is but a vapor, James says, uh, and it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. So uh, place your faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life is by faith. More than 160 times the New Testament alone conditions eternal life upon faith alone in Christ alone. So trust Him today. And if you're a believer, guess what? Even though that salvation happens at a one-time moment in time when faith meets the gospel, we also live by faith every day. Paul says, walk by faith and not by sight. So as Leo said a moment ago, we want to focus on our citizenship in heaven, focus on the Lord and all of His goodness and grace. Uh, it can be very terrifying when we focus on all of the negative things around us. We need to be aware of them, not ignore them, not stick our head in the sand, but set our mind on things above. Amen. Is that right, Leo? 100%. You know, when people ask me, what's going on, Leo? What should we be aware of? I don't even want to share all that I know unless I know that that person has a strong foundation of faith in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, because without that, it's going to be too daunting, too uh, dark, too challenging. You you have to have God in your life and it, not just as a side, you know, a sideshow. He has to be the focus. Amen. Yeah, I was talking to someone this weekend who was really, you know, all, you know, obsessed with all this stuff and really concerned about it. And they made some comment like, I, I'm just, I'm ready to see the Lord. And I, I, I felt compelled to say, well, don't go before it's time. I mean, you know, sometimes people get suicidal and it's all, all, all you know, sure. stuff, but that's not of the Lord. Well, Leo, thank you so much. Uh, what a blessing. What an honor. I wish we had uh, two, three hours together, but we'll do it again. I'll shoot you an email offline and uh, we'll get this posted here today. But thanks so much. And everyone else, thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk again soon.